we're going to teach on healing. And so, turn to Proverbs 4. We're going to start here, and then we're going to move on. Healing is for us. Deliverance was for us. There's a principle in here that uh, I want to look at. And uh, listen well, and uh, know that the Lord does deal with us out of his word, and, and you can be helped and get real answers even when nobody else has a real answer. That's good to know. Remember what Psalms 91 said, a thousand may fall at your one side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it doesn't have to affect you. So don't be bothered what does happen with other people and how many people, uh, when they face a problem, they look at everybody else and go, well, they all failed and didn't turn out bad for them. And they, they need to look at a scripture like that that says, listen, it can happen to a thousand people right there and 10,000 right here, but it doesn't have to happen to you, right? Doesn't, doesn't have to happen to you or you can get the victory. In other words, everybody can fail. Everybody else's kids can fail, but yours can succeed. I mean 10,000, every one of them at the kids' school, but not yours. You with me? So there is a path to take. So Proverbs 4, verse 20, he said, and you know, these verses of Scripture, I see more and more out of these, and I've read these for 30 years. And I see more and more, and I see it clearer and clearer, and I see it different than I used to. And it's so simplistic, it's not even funny. But it is funny. But it's not funny. You ready? Proverbs 4, verse 20. says, My son, give attention to my words. First, he said, read the word of God. Give some attention to it. Read what I've said. One. Very next thing, he said, incline your ear to my sayings. That has to do with your attitude toward the word. That has to do with your attitude toward the word. Because you give attention, you hear it, now he said incline your ear to it. You know, when a kid is young, the mother or father may say, hey, Take out the trash. You heard that. But do you incline your ear to it? In other words, there can be something else that comes to you and said, yeah, but you got to get out of here because you got to get to the movies or you're not going to be there with your friends. So you heard it, but what is your attitude toward it? You have to incline your ear. You have to respond to it. You have to accept it. To incline your ear means you approve of it and take that. Right? You incline your ear to it. You, you, to incline means that's the way you lean. Not just what you hear. So it's really your attitude toward what he said. So in other words, my attitude of acceptance to what he said, I accepted his fact. That is, how we respond to the word is an attitude. It's, it's our attitude. I control my attitude. Somebody said, not always. No, but it, I should. Right? In other words, somebody said, well, I'm just, I can't. Yes, you can. 
We, we all can deal with our own attitude. And so he said, the first thing he said is you read, and then you've got to have a good attitude toward what he said, means you incline your ear, or if you have two things, in other words, he said, stop doing this, and something else said, do this, what are you going to incline your ear to? Really, it's my attitude in response to it. Am I going to stop doing this and start doing this? Or he said, he's for me, and um, I feel like, oh, he's just not for me because I see this. I have a choice. Am I going to incline my ear based on what I see and have experienced or what he said? That's my attitude. So it doesn't matter what I see. It doesn't matter what I feel. I'm inclining my ear to what he said. I'm not going to listen because I'm hearing by what I see. He's not for me. Nobody likes me. I'm inclining my ear toward that. It's my attitude toward it. Or I can incline my ear to what he said because I've just now read that says he is for me, but it doesn't look like anybody else is. It doesn't look like his blessing is mine, but he said it is. But if I look at all this stuff, I might incline my ear to what it's saying. So isn't that a choice? Isn't that an attitude? My attitude is, somebody said, well, you got an attitude. I do. I don't care what they say. I care what he said. I don't care what I see. I care what he said, because what he said has to, is it superior to what I'm seeing? So when he said, incline your ear, that has to do with your attitude toward what you hear and your response then based on it. So he said, yeah, but I'm just, you know, so tempted. I, this is just me. No, it's just your mind maybe is attacked by the enemy, you've adopted certain ways of thought, but your nature is that you were created new, that if you're born again, and that you have a nature for God, and he works in you, so you incline, I'm going to incline my ear to that. But I don't feel it. Right. If I choose to go by what I feel, and choose to go what, by what I see, I am now inclining my ear to that. And he said, don't do that. That's what it is to incline your ear. Why do I harp on these or stay on these things? Because people need to understand what it is to incline your ear. It's to give ear and acceptance to what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing. We're in the middle of a drought. We're in the middle of a famine. I can't go that way. And the Lord said, no, go that way. Do this. And I know he's dealing, or I know his word said it, but I'm hearing this and seeing this. If I choose not to obey what he's saying and respond in line, I am actually inclining my ear. You can see why now, there's a difference between people who read the Bible and 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 they say, I'm going to read the Bible and 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 read the Bible, but they never get change because they don't incline their ear.
I quoted that verse in Timothy, ever learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth that makes you free. Somebody said, well, how do you learn, learn, learn and get it? Because, you know, we hear things that I think are dangerous sometimes. Like we say things like faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And it leaves the impression you got to hear and hear and hear and hear. And you know how many times Jesus said that when he was preaching? You need to hear and 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 you need to hear. You know how many times he said that? I don't know any. After he said it, he said, how come you don't believe this? Why are you doubting what I'm saying? What are you doubt? Why are you doubting this? Well, you just need to hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it. No, there comes a personal response to it. That's inclining my ear. Now, should you hear and hear and hear? Yes, but there should be an inward response to it, your own attitude toward the word, and how do I respond to it? How do I act? We've almost been trained to wait for something to change in us, and then I'll act instead of using my own attitude to go, uh, I'm accepting that. What if we just believed he loved us and he's for us? There'd be a lot of people who would be no longer what they call insecure. Troubled by what other people think. But they won't incline their ear. They've heard what he said on the subject, but they don't incline their ear. So they're troubled in their thinking. And they're always looking at what other people or are, they think other people are thinking about them, and they don't even have a clue what they're thinking about them many times. But they're thinking, oh, they don't like how I dress. They don't like how I walk. They don't like how I talk. They don't like how I smell. I don't like how you smell, but I don't say anything. But I'm kidding, sort of. No. <laughs> Pastor Linda's down here shaking her head no again. I don't know what that means. I just ignore things. I'm not inclining my ears to that. And... Um, <laughs> But what I'm saying is, we do need to incline our ear. We need to just, some things we just need to ignore that. We don't have all the evidence, you know, just because they turned and looked at me like, this doesn't mean that. But if God said he's for me and God's on my side, it doesn't matter if people are against me. I don't have to be insecure based on that. I need to incline my ear to his saints. So it comes down to a personal choice of what I'm going to do and what I'm going to entertain. Because if I keep entertaining what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing, and I keep entertaining that after I've read, I am not inclining my ear to his sayings. Why would I contemplate something that he has spoken contrary to and said that's not how it is? This is how it is for you. This is what you have. Why would I entertain it? The only reason I'm entertaining it and the reason I'm pondering it is because I'm inclining my ear to it. Happy birthday to you. I, mean, I don't know. I just feel like we need to do something because you guys are looking at me. Whose birthday is it? No. Mallory's like, I had one the other day. All right, get her the sombrero we're singing. Because so, people are looking at me like, what is going on here? Listen, if I entertain things, I'm inclining my ear toward it. I am developing an attitude of its superiority, its greatness, its ability, but it's contrary to what God said. 
right? Didn't, didn't Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, God said, this will produce life. Don't touch this. Eat this, and it's business time. And then they listened to the devil, and the devil spoke, and you can't always stop the devil from speaking, but they started inclining their ear toward what he said. How did they incline it? They, it was their attitude. They started entertaining it. They started looking at it. They started pondering it. They said, this will make us wise. This will make us this. What are they doing? They're just rolling this around in their reasoning, in their heart, and their heart is coming to the place, this is it. This is so. And then they ate. Then they found out, oh no. They had totally entertained what was wrong. I, I read something today before I came here. Oh, I get to preach about this. It was on Facebook. And it was on this hiking website. And uh, it was about, you know, these 52 horses that need homes. And so call this number. And, uh, and what it was was it was a false thing. You know, there's false stuff out there. A lot of, lot of it. And it would gather information, do this, and it was a spam thing. And people are like, listen, stop it. Quit posting that on this form, a hiking form. And what's interesting, they said, I just saw that over on this other form with a different state and a different number to call. Same exact story. I had actually seen it from somebody in California for Ohio, and now somebody has it for here. Same story, just altered a little bit. And here's what the lady said. Oh, I'm so glad you told me it's not true. She wasn't even the one who posted it. Because after I read this, I was getting totally depressed. Wait a minute. It's not real information. And she is suffering depression. And it's not true. Wait a minute. She's really totally getting jacked up and upset and it's not even founded truth because she is inclining her ear to it and listening to a lie, entertaining it like it's a fact, and it's not. How many people have had thoughts that came from the enemy? They didn't know it was the enemy. They started entertaining it. They got fired up on the inside and they were waiting for Joe to come home or Fred to come home or whoever to come home and they're going to let them have it and then come to find out they had a flat tire. And they thought, well, they were off running around doing this and they had this big scenario because they were inclining their ear to the enemy's thoughts and it was filling their heart with rage. Unfounded, but you had already figured out, didn't even know you had help. Then you come to find out it's not true, but you're all worked up because you're inclining your ear. You're entertaining something you should not. Let's move on because we have limited time here tonight. So no more birthday songs. Number one, my son, attend to my words. Just give some time to read in the Bible. Number two, incline your ears to my saying. In other words, Begin to entertain it, not other things. That's it right there. That's it. You know, those are the instructions for 
this whole section here? Do you know that? That's it. That's it. Somebody said, oh no, that whole thing about out of the heart, all the stuff flows. No, no. These are the two instructions. Read it and incline your ear. That's how it starts getting in you. Notice this, verse 21. Do not let them depart from, verse 21, do not let them depart from your eyes. In other words, you've inclined your ears. You're now entertaining it. Don't quit entertaining it. Don't let it depart from the way you see it. Keep them in the midst of your heart. In other words, you've got them there now. Now you keep it there by continuing to keep your ear inclined. Notice this. For they are life to those who find them. How'd you find them? You attended and you inclined your... Once you read it, you found it. Now you got to incline your ear. And now that you're inclining your ear, it's in your heart. It's, get, it's there. If you're pondering it, you're seeing it that way, it's there. Just don't let it depart from your eyes or you let it go. Think of the stories that Jesus taught about the word sown into a heart of a person, how the enemy comes to rob it. People who hear it, get it. But he'll come to try to rob it. Notice this. Verse 22. After you've heard and attended or inclined, and now you keep your eyes there, you keep your thought life there, you keep entertaining it, you're keeping it in your heart that way. And we'll look at this further as we move along. And it's interesting because he said, uh, for they are life. What are these words that you've inclined to? They are life to those who find them and health. He just gave you the answer. He said, these will produce health for all your flesh. He said, keep your heart with all diligence. Some translations say guard. Well, how do I guard? Once I get it there by inclining, I have to guard myself so I keep looking at it this way. That's how I guard my heart. I don't let it now entertain other things. Keep it in, he said, keep your heart with all diligence. In other words, do this practice, for out of it or out of your heart spring the issues of life. And one of them in the context is health. And literally, the word there, spring the issues, that word issues, is the parameters of life. In other words, some people think, well, I'm held back because society looks at me like this. No, no, no. The parameters of your life are based on your own heart. Well, I'm just waiting on God. Maybe God's waiting on you. Maybe the own parameters of your own heart are what hold you back. He said, you're not hemmed in by us. Remember Paul said that? But by your own heart, your own desires. Well, how do I affect my own heart? The way I think. Not just because I read it, but I choose to ponder this way. Choose to ponder. How I ponder becomes my belief system. That's why the enemy gives you thoughts, ideas, and suggestions to get you bitter, to get you upset, to change your system of belief. That's why he said you got to guard it. Now, 
Let's do this. Let's go look at Mark 2 now. Matthew, Mark 2. Jesus dealt with these people concerning their heart, and he uh, wanted their hearts fixed, their, their, their emotional part of them, their belief system straightened out and because their belief system was wrong. And he makes some startling statements here that are just wonderful for all of us if we want to have uh, a fixed heart in these truths and walk in strength, health, life, whatever it is. Notice this in Mark 2, verse 1. Again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in this house or in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them. In other words, they ran out of space. Not even near the door. In other words, the whole inside filled up, and then it's so far back, they couldn't even get near the door to this place. And it says, and he preached the word to them. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four. So he's going to town, and there's a paralytic there. Now, we know from Luke in this story that while he's preaching, the power is there to heal all of them. But there were religious people there that didn't receive, but there was somebody that came after that did receive. It's good to know that because it doesn't say the power of the Lord was present to do a work here. But there it did because they emphasize a different part. Different person tells different things. Like if I go to a, you know something and I explain, hey, I saw this out in the parking lot, somebody else is going to explain something, and they might say, yeah, and, and they scrape the shopping cart up against the side of the building. Well, I didn't see that, but I did see you know, the greater part of the picture, how that they took the shopping cart inside or outside, and they shouldn't. Now they're explaining they took it out, but then they dragged it against the building, scratched up the front of the building too. In other words, that's... They saw it, it's true, there's just something else explained. Like Luke explains one time what hand it was that was withered, another guy just explains he had a withered hand. Well, there he explains the power's there. It's here. But notice this, to heal this guy, but there's no room to get him in. Then they came, bringing a paralytic in verse 3. Verse 4, and when they could not come near him, Jesus... Because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So somehow they got up on the roof, and they're tearing off the shingles. You know, because it's not like a roof like this. <clears throat> and they uncovered the roof, you know, this is 2,000 years ago. And they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. So they're lowering him down. And when he gets in front of Jesus, Jesus saw their faith. In other words, their faith was based on actions. Said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. Verse 6. And some of the scribes were sitting uh, there and reasoning in their hearts. They were reasoning in their hearts. Now, he tells you 
they, this was their heart attitude. And he's about to tell you what it was. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? You know, you might entertain things when you hear stuff. Who does he think he is? All of talking like that. God sees that. Those are attitudes. Those are... Pulpit just got a flat tire. Um, Those are attitudes. And those are a choice. And these guys made a choice. Unfounded as it was, they're like, who do they think they are? But what are we talking about? Having your heart fixed. See, I used to believe the heart and the spirit were the same thing. I think sometimes it can be in the Bible. I don't believe they are. I believe the heart is the core of your emotional qualities, the way you think and ponder. There's too many scriptures about it. Because he differentiates between spirit and heart here too. And so they're reasoning in their hearts, and this is what they're reasoning. They're, and, and what does this mean? They're deeply pondering. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? They're under their breath mumbling, but nobody's hearing. Who do they think they are? What is going on? He, he can't do this. This is, a, this is only something God can do. Sounded religious. I wonder what they preached in the synagogue. These were the religious leaders. I wonder what they were preaching in the synagogue. It didn't jive with Jesus post that. It didn't jive with Jesus. And so here they are pondering, but immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit, so he got it in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, which he called it their heart. He said to them, So what's he trying to do? He's trying to fix their heart belief. But now they're going to have to choose to begin to ponder a new way. Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which he then before said within themselves. So when I reason things deeply, you know, just a side thought, I get direction from God this way. There are things that I reason in my own heart and start pondering. And way below there, something will come up. Sometimes it'll seem smooth and right, and other times it'll be like, ugh. And here I am trying to move this way, and I'm just pondering it deeply. Because our spirit knows things our heads don't. But you can ponder things and just not be paying attention to the spiritual side and go, I love this, I like this, I want this, this is what I'm going to do. And your spirit, if you would pray, you can get alerted to things because God's in you. And here in Jesus' spirit, he perceived what was in their hearts. And what was it that was in their heart? He said, what you're reasoning. No wonder there's so much attributed to your own heart in the New Testament about cleanse your own hearts, you double-minded. Right? Establish your own hearts. Don't say God established my heart. He said, establish your heart for the coming of the Lord draws near. So if the Lord said, you are healed, now i got to incline my ear. I need to not reason it out and incline my ear or try to incline it to what he said based on what I see, what I feel, what I'm experiencing, what I know. 
I have to abandon all that because that is inclining, and now incline my ear to what he said. I'm healed. Then I need to entertain it. Well, he said it. Then what does that mean? I got to look at it that way. I got to see it that way. Is he lying? Is he telling the truth? And here these people are, their hearts are wrong. They're thinking, not only God can do this. And Jesus is like, why are you thinking like this? Why are you letting your heart believe this? This that you're believing in your heart is wrong. He was trying to help their heart believe so they could know that we don't have to just wait on God because some people say, I'm waiting on God. I'm just waiting on God. There's stuff you need to do. So, verse 4, I'm sorry, we'll read verse 7. We're there now, right? They are reasoning their hearts. Verse 7, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Now, they're not saying it out loud. They're, they're pondering. What do, you, what do we ponder? Who can forgive God's sins but God alone? Immediately, immediately, when Jesus, when Jesus perceived in his spirit, way down in the inside, beyond the realm of reason, there is light that comes from the Lord. Beyond the realm of reason, there is light that comes from the Lord. And when Jesus, and, and you need to know that, and when that light comes from the Lord, you need to adopt it in your own thinking and begin to reason about it. But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said, why do you reason about these things? Notice that phrase, why do you? I, I could ask, he could ask, why do you think about it like this? Why do you think about things the way you're thinking about them? That's what Jesus said. Why are you doing that? Why means you have a personal choice and why are you choosing to do this? And he said, within your own hearts, he said, which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, because he's already done that, and they're not happy with this, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sins. Think about it. What is he saying? God's the only one who can do this. And he's saying, I'm just going to let you know, no. That's not how it is. Your belief system is wrong. You are reasoning wrong. You need to change your reasoning and you need to change it now. And so now you can change it and watch this. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your own house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, went, to, went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God. All of them glorified God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. You know, it's interesting, I shared this, the, the, the Tuesday prayer right after, and the Spirit of God came on me, and I turned it, pointed at somebody, and commanded, and said, your sins are forgiven, and I could tell something lifted off of them, and I said, so now you, to know your sins are forgiven, I said, I command your body to be healed, and their face went, 
Uh, found out after, right when I said that and pointed, they had something wrong in their body. Like you snap your finger, it left them. Here's the thing. Which is easier to say? But what's he trying to do? He's trying to help them to get a different attitude of heart by how they reason. This won't work for me. Why do you reason like that? Why have we trained people to tell them you're going to have to wait a long time to get good faith? You have to hear a bunch. You should hear in here. But you should immediately be changing your own thoughts to this. I'm going to read something from a book here that I think would be helpful from a book from Kenneth E. Hagen called Foundations from Faith on page 16. And uh, I think, you know, we hear so much about faith, and I think we've gotten lopsided in certain circles in the body of Christ. I mean really lopsided. You ever try to play basketball with a real lopsided basketball? You ever, done, you ever had a tire that got lopsided and had a big chunk of a big bubble in it and the ride gets rough you play basketball and you try to dribble like you're supposed to but because there's a big wall it goes doink out there and it's just not not it i think in some circles we are totally in danger to we think just keep confessing something but confession is right but here's one of these people that were really founded this idea didn't find found it but got revelation out of the word of god taught this but these are things right here that I'm going to read that are throughout the Bible. We've been looking at them. But I think there's something you can take to yourself, and not just in the area of healing, but in every area. Forgiveness, walking in victory. Notice this from this book, and we'll move on. Kenneth E. Hagen from the book Foundations for Faith on page 16. says, too many people pray and pray, but never see themselves with the answer. They just see everything getting worse. They keep looking at the wrong thing, at the symptoms, at the conditions, at themselves. And so they walk in unbelief and destroy the effects of their praying. Get your mind on the answer. See yourself as having received. Doesn't that kind of sound like what we've been reading? See yourself as having received. Constantly affirm even in the face of contradictory evidence that God has heard you, heard your prayer, because the Word of God says so. That's when you'll get results. You have to believe you've got it before you can receive it. What things soever you, this is Mark eleven twenty four. what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it, and then you'll have it. The believing comes before the receiving. In other words, you have to see yourself with stuff before you walk it out. That's how you establish your heart. No wonder there's so many commandments in the Bible about meditating. The way we think, the way we see, and we ponder. Do you see yourself with the answer? Do you see yourself after you've prayed that you've got it? Do you see yourself? Or are you waiting for if I read it like 5,000 times, I'm going to get it? No. Because you can hear things over and over and not get it in this aspect if you're just waiting for it to kind of blow your flag a different direction. You know what I'm saying by that? No. Regardless of how the wind is blowing, you're going to have to post your flag, so to speak, or you're going to have to post your mind and go, I've got this. And not just say it, but think like that. Reason like that. 
these truths are throughout the Bible. And so when it comes to healing, how many have prayed and then immediately looked at their body to see if they've got it instead of inclining their ear and seeing themselves? Do you see yourself up and well? Do you see yourself strong? Do you see yourself riding a bike? Do you see yourself hiking? Do you see yourself poor always? Or do you see yourself having provision? Do you see yourself as not having enough, never getting ahead? Do you see yourself as just a lowly whatever? Or how do you see yourself based on what he says? It's a good question. Because then that says where I'm inclining my ear. And what I'm inclining my ear to. I'm accepted. He's for me. He's in me. I never get direction. Everybody else just hears from the Lord, but not me. You are inclining your ear to circumstances, seeing, and feeling instead of what he said. You have a choice to incline your ear. That means you're going to start thinking like I hear from God, even if I don't recognize him for a week. That won't be long. I found this. And we'll, we'll end with this, that what I incline my ears to in the sense of choosing to entertain, my inward parts become hypersensitive to it. Just go read and spend time with the Lord and just start pondering on certain things and just go turn on the TV and see how that works. You ever done that? And sometimes it's like, ew, ew. But, but before I could watch certain things. Why? You get hypersensitive. But don't worry if you just watch it long enough, that'll all go away. It's the truth. The other day, I had turned on, I was in my car, I had backed it in, and I don't listen to the radio. I had my last car for over two years and never programmed a radio station. That's how much I listened to it. I did think when I went to drop it off, do I even have a CD in here? I might as well push the button and see if something comes out. I was like, ooh, a prize. I just don't listen to it. But So I, I had been out praying and stuff, and uh, I thought, I'm going to turn this up, and, it, and I turned it on, and somehow... I, I have satellite for free, you know, for a year, uh, radio, and, it, and I, so I was just clicking, 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 and I found Joel Osteen, so I just programmed. That's the only thing that's programmed. Actually, it's not even programmed, I don't think. It's just turned there. So I turned on the radio when I pulled in and thought, oh, this sounds good, but I'm like, this is not. Joel, it's some, like, rock and roll station. Like, whoa, here we go. So I thought, I wonder how it sounds. I just started turning it up, turning it up, turning it up, turning it up, and getting louder and louder and louder and louder. And I thought, wow, these people are pretty talented. The drums, the guitar, you know, the voices, you know, and it's old probably, I don't know, 70s rock, you know. And I'm turning it up, turning it up, and it's getting better and better. I'm thinking, wow, this really has a draw. This would draw people in. And I started listening to it and turning it up and turning it up, and it's getting loud. And I even thought, oh, my, I wonder if the neighbors across the street can hear. But the windows are up, and I mean, it's getting loud. And I'm listening for five or ten minutes. I don't even think it was ten minutes, maybe five. It probably couldn't have been because most songs don't last five. But I'm exaggerating to make a point here. Three minutes, okay? Two or three and then I turned the thing off, and I had been spending time with God, and I wasn't doing anything. I was just sitting there, and I was like, after I got done, I was like, yuck. Serious. I was like, yuck in here. I'm like, ah, this tastes bad. And I turned it off. I thought, well, I'm, when I get back in the car, I don't want this to go on this station. I turned it. It was actually one or whatever it moved it out of satellite to radio. I moved it back to satellite, so it'll be back on Joel, which I haven't turned it back on yet. But I was like, ugh, inside. 
Why? Because I had been pondering something and it affected my heart. My heart was coming in line with my spirit. The new man in Christ. What I really have, who I really am, what the Lord really bought. And when it went to move away, my inward parts went, oh. That's why people are disgusted with life because they're disgusted inside. Oh, that is good preaching right there. Because they're living with a carnal mind. And, and, and it just don't work. You can't practice all that out there and just be fulfilled and satisfied. But I will say this. If you need healing, you can just say, Well, the Lord said, By whose stripes you were healed. Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Remember this. When it comes to dealing with the world, we can command in the name of Jesus and command things to happen. When it comes to you, you must accept his word. There are different ways in dealing with these things according to the Bible. And, you know, as years go on or months go on, we'll talk about different avenues, ways, and stuff like that. But one huge thing is, is what are you pondering? If he says you are, are you pondering or looking at your body going, well, am I really? No, no, he said I am. Because faith believes before it sees. What he said is so. And when you do that and affirm it based on the way you entertain, you're establishing your heart. 